Hey, hey. Hey guys, Zach is here. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Hopefully you guys got a chance to check out the Solve for Why Heads Up Challenge over the last few days. If not, check out the link in the show notes. There were 15 really awesome heads-up matches played. Uh, Jack and I were there flooring it, having a great time. Nice to be out here in, in Vegas with a Solve for Y team. Hopefully we'll see some of you at the Academy next week. I know I'm excited to be a participant in my very first Academy. And for the rest of you, enjoy March Madness and the juicy games that ensue. I know we will. Hello, guys. Uh, I'm sitting here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, in an Airbnb with Zach Resnick, uh, John Metz, and Peter O'Neill, three of my favorite podcast guests slash, I guess, co-host. Yeah. So we are going to talk about one, maybe two hands we played uh, in recent Las Vegas sessions. Uh, The first one was actually a hand that I played, the win, I guess the encore. This game is 2-5, 1500 cap, and Peter is at the table with me. For this hand, he's in the cutoff, I'm in the button. Yeah, Peter's going to give the action for a preflop. So I believe there are two limits to me in the cutoff. I raised to 35. Jack calls the button. The main villain calls the big blind, I believe. And then I think one limper called. A little more context. Peter, myself, and the villain are all pretty deep. Villain is the effective stack with, let me think, probably about $1,400. It didn't all go into play, so probably around fifteen, somewhere between fourteen and seventeen hundred dollars. Peter and I both cover. I have King Jack offsuit. We see a flop of Ace King Jack with the Ace King of Diamonds, and I have the Jack of Diamonds. Checks to Peter. Peter, I actually don't know what you had in this hand. Anyway, it checks to me, and I have a decision, I guess, to bet or to check behind. I guess I'll I'll mention that if Peter had bet, I'm definitely flatting. Never raising this spot with bottom two. When Peter has a big range advantage, and I also have a hand that, like, turns... Having the diamond's nice, but it doesn't turn great. Uh, There's a lot of turn cards that are going to vastly reduce the uh, strength of my hand, whereas other turn cards will vastly increase the strength of my hand relative to opponent's continuation ranges. Uh, So... Generally, I'm going to defer to take any aggressive action with this hand to later streets and perhaps just play it passive all the way down uh, against Peter, specifically, who has an uncapped range here when he bets. Uh, any thoughts on betting here and sizing if I do bet? So yeah, about 120 in the pot. So let's think about all the strong hands that we have in this spot. Um, you're going to be 
three betting jacks and kings probably 100% of the time, and then like flatting aces a small percentage of the time. Would that be accurate in this kind of deep game? Um, Kings and jacks, yes. Peter and I were talking about would I ever flat aces here? I think the answer is probably no. I'm just too deep against Peter, I think, to really want to pass up on an opportunity to raise. Uh, it's possible, but I just think it, it would be unlikely. Uh, I wouldn't give myself much credit to ever have aces here. And I think based on how I had been playing, uh, I have, a, I think, a pretty aggressive image. And so I wouldn't expect my opponents to think I had aces. Uh, Queen 10, obviously, I could have. Yeah, and given you're on the button, you have all offsuit combos of Queen 10 as well as Queen Jack, uh, King, King Jack that you actually had. I think my opponents probably perceive me to have all King Jack and Queen 10. And I think I think opponents probably would like, if they were worried about it, would consider it possible that I could have Jacks, even though I think if they really thought about it or had the capability to really think about it, they would realize that I really never have Jacks here. Um, they don't know that I don't really have king jack suited or ace jack suited or queen 10 suited here um but i think they would think that those hands are all in my range so if you're three betting those suited hands close to 100 and the the reason i said with aces and i'm saying now like close to 100 percent of the time is when you're really deep and you're up against a skilled opponent like peter i think there's just a lot of value in not having kind of like three betting aces 100% of the time. And I think there is like a pretty big difference between 90% or 93% and 100. Just in that, you know, like right now you're saying, like, forgetting what your opponents think, it's like, what does Peter think? Like, you want to be able to have aces in, in this spot when you're over 300 bigs deep in this kind of button cutoff kind of three betting war. I think, I, don't, I think I might disagree a little bit with that. I don't think like having aces post three inches deep is that important. Like, it lets you have top set when an ace comes. Rather than that, it's not that. I don't think there's that much value. I guess the only time it really, like, has value is if there's going to be a lot of squeeze spots, and I have to be worried about Jack having aces in his call range. But given... We haven't talked about the villain. Given the two players in the blinds, I really don't think this is going to get squeezed very often at all. I mean, I guess, like, even if it's not going to be squeezed much, it's nice for you to be able to have aces to back raise sometimes. But... Yeah, I just don't need... I don't need protection when I get squeezed because the squeezers are so value heavy that like they're protecting my range, you know. It makes it way tougher. I mean, it doesn't make it way tougher. But it makes it tougher on me if I have to be thinking about the fact that you can't have aces behind, like when it's squeezed. Like normally, like normally, I can just like kind of like call or four bet without really worrying about you. Besides from me like coming in, just realizing your equity. But if you have aces, then like you getting to like back raises like a problem for me okay but and i th- and i think though that there's definitely more value in having like some combos of like ace jack suited and king jack suited just having more good suited hands where i think the vast majority of the time you should be three betting peter and there's a lot of opponents where especially without a lot of reads i'm three betting 100 percent of the time but against someone like peter where you're you know talking poker with them all the time and um you know, you, I think it's important to have some combos of that such that um, Peter doesn't have as big of a range advantage when you just flat on the button. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- I think overall, like, when you get deep, 
you should just try to like it's really tough to do live but you should try to mix up your frequencies in some way versus good players you kind of i mean it's it's not that important because it takes such a large sample for people to figure out like what you can really have pretty and mostly you really almost can't ever figure it out but in terms of like building your own ranges it's kind of it's nice but yeah i think that's enough about pretty yeah and i'm flatting a lot of different types of hands on the button so i'm not really too worried about board coverage like i'm just <laughs> i'm not folding very many suited hands here and i want to be three bidding a lot because we're deep and there's just not much he can do about it so let's move on you know, in actuality, like you said, you're three betting out 100% of the time in that spot. So you're, you have all the straights here, 16 combos of queen 10. And then your second best hand is going to be king jack offsuit. So the question is, you know, should we be betting more value hands than just the nuts? And I think the answer is yes. So I think as a result, you know, just thinking about it like that, we want to be betting uh, at least the majority of combos of our of our king jack offsuits, we're just missing a lot of value from um, both of our opponents. I think when Peter checks here, given it's you on the button, uh, and that there's a like, you know, a weaker player in the blinds who's the villain, I think we should expect Peter to mainly be giving up here, especially when the board favors his reign so heavily. So I think we want to you know bet for value. And while we don't really like getting check raised in the spot by either player, I think we just kind of have to bet, bet, call, and evaluate turn in position. I think you should have ace check off. I don't think you should three bet that 300 blinds deep. But yeah, I still think we should bet. I think we're just going to have the best hand. Like, yeah, like I'm just always getting up here. For one, like, I think it's just a much higher value to like really never trap. And I don't think you have to protect your range like five ways. I just don't think it matters. So, yeah, I'm always giving up, and like the rest of the players are all bad. So I think just like get value is the best way to go. Yeah, I I, I agree with you guys. I mean, I bet eighty dollars, and big blind check raises to two hundred and forty, and big blind. So here's sort of my thoughts on big blind. Big Blind is a young, sort of pro-looking guy who is very nitty, is the kind of guy who like seems really kind of proud to be a nit, makes a big deal about keeping the game moving, is very transparent when he just wants to fold, but could really only be there like to make money because he's just being such a nit. And so I'm unsure if he realizes, or to like what extent he realizes that I don't have a ton of super strong hands on this board, uh, but I definitely, I was talking about this with Peter and we both agree that like, it's pretty unlikely that he would be bluffing here without a flush draw. Like, I think it's unlikely, possible, but highly unlikely that he would decide to bluff with a hand like Jack 10 or Queen Jack. Uh, I do think he could potentially raise with King Jack or raise Jack. Um, but he might just flat those two. He could have jacks, uh, but it's pretty unlikely. Does he have all combos of queen-ten offsuit? I'm assuming yes. Okay, you're not in your head yes. So, like, yeah, I agree. This guy's a big nit. And just, like, having played with nits enough, my initial re- <laughs> my initial reaction to flop 
when he wrote check raise was just that for value he's kind of only queen 10 unless he has jacks which even jacks i think he might flat sometimes like just knowing this guy i just don't think this guy i don't think he ever raises king jack and i think he maybe raises some ace jack but i think i kind of think it's mostly just queen 10 for value like in a five-way pot out of position i think this guy is just gonna like take the cautious right although he also could just be like a knit just trying to like get some protection with ace jack like i don't think he thinks of ace jack as like a clear value hand for three streets which i don't think it is but i think that he might there's a chance he might check raise ace jack and maybe king jack is kind of similar just for like protection and maybe just to kind of take it down i don't think like i think this guy might be thinking like that but i think in terms of like value like hands he considers value i think it's just kind of queen 10 which i don't think is unreasonable for him actually but yeah that might be true I think a fold should be strongly considered here. But we are deep. I do have the Jack of Diamonds. And I decided to call. I'm curious if you guys think folding might be a better play. Yeah, I don't really think you can fold here. I think your hand's just too strong. Um, You have the Jack of Diamonds, which kind of works for and against you just because you block some of his bluffs. But uh, you can turn some equity on a diamond if you're not already ahead. Yeah, and just his value range being so narrow, like mainly consisting of queen 10, um, and there being, you know, a reasonable number of flush draws, I think you kind of have to peel, but I would probably plan to fold most turns, depending on sizing. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, deep, where the guy is going to play fairly straight up, I think we have to call. Or I think we should call. I don't think you have to. But I think we're going to have to find some EV in, like, bluffing him off the best hand occasionally. Like, I think if Diamond comes we should, and he checks, we should start running it. And, like, if an Ace comes... An Ace is kind of weird. I mean, yeah, if an Ace comes, I think we should start running it. Or if a four straight comes, we should maybe consider running it. Although, maybe not even a four straight. Because I think he just... I still kind of think he has Queen Town a lot. But I think we have to bluff him off the best hand some percent of the time to show profit here. I don't think just peeling King Jack is enough to... Yeah, I mean, if... If we turn a diamond and this guy checks, we're going for it. He he strikes me as a guy who is just he bought he has sixteen hundred in front of him, but he's just not putting it in unless he's sure he has the best hand almost always. So yeah, I think I'm pretty comfortable bluffing when check two on a diamond. Interestingly, we do turn a diamond. Uh, the six of diamonds and we are not checked into so so this is uh this was subtle and i can't remember exactly why i thought this but it was definitely something very it was something concrete where i saw him want to look at his hand and then decide not to that was a very very clear thought in my mind i can't remember if he like started to look at his cards and then and then stopped but he like wanted to look at his hand didn't for some reason and then bet 360 into a pot of like about 600 so i'd be curious to hear your guys thoughts first based on the physical read and the range analysis i'd say most of the time now he has queen 10 offsuit and is betting because he doesn't want to check but he doesn't like this card i mean i tend i tend to agree too um do we want to Let's talk about like what that means in terms of what we do on turn. Like, I just want to throw in a little bit of doubt. Like, 
I think he could want to look at his diamonds and then just decide like not to. I don't think it's like a certainty that he doesn't have a flush. Uh, I just think it it definitely shifts his range towards queen ten offsuit. So go go ahead, Peter. Minor's reaction is fold. So I mean, like, if he doesn't have queen ten with a diamond, if he has like queen ten no diamond, we're getting close to the right price. But uh, it, it's fairly close. It really depends on if we can, like, if he checks over to us, if we should, if we're gonna be able to, like bluff him off queen ten enough. Like, I don't know if we have if our hand is like good enough. Like, we're getting a pretty good price, but I don't know if our hand's good enough just to peel. Especially when he can have the queen of diamonds and have us like in just like drawing to four outs, but I do think there's like some ability to get him to fold some rivers, but also there's not going to be a ton of money behind. And I'm not, I don't know, I'm not 100 percent sure this guy's just going to like check fold a river that's like just like a total brick, especially if it's like queen ten with a diamond. He might, but I don't think we can assume that for sure. I don't know it's it's pretty close. And like I lean, I lean towards fold, but I think you can make justifications for calling. I'm gonna do just that. <laughs> so these were roughly my thoughts in the moment, but they've crystallized over the past day or so. I think I actually have a pretty clear call here because I think I'm gonna play rivers perfectly. The problem with the problem with calling here against player like different players who aren't like a total nit is that I don't have very many clean outs. Like if I thought he could ever be double barreling like ace jack, then me riffing a jack is like much worse. Uh I don't think he ever has two pair here. I think it's always either a straight or a flush. I also thought like if I if I was concerned about rivering a diamond and then having to call then I think it makes it more of a fold. But I feel like I can just pretty comfortably fold when the fourth diamond comes in and he bets. So I'm getting about two and a half to one right here. And depending on if he has a flush some percentage of the time that you know cuts into my outs, but I have somewhere between like 18 and 23% equity depending on how his range is composed. And so I need to make up about 10%... Um, and I think I have those implied odds. I think when I river my hand and get checked to, I can definitely get a bet of like 200 and 250 called at a very high frequency. I don't think I can get greedy. Uh, maybe if like, maybe if the jack comes in or the king comes in, I can get a little greedy. But for the most part, I think I can just basically make enough of a value bet when I make my hand and get checked to that it's going to come out to be plus EV. And then, like, if he ever gives up and I check back unimproved, like, I don't think that's likely. But if that happens, like, 1% of the time, that's also nice. But, yeah, I think I just think between being able to get in a value bet and or just being able to play rivers perfectly and being able to get another $250 of value or so whenever I make my hand and get checked to... Uh, this call is going to be plus EV. I agree with most of what you just said. My only question, I only question whether or not uh, you're really going to be able to get value. Like if a fourth diamond specifically rolls off against like this specific player type. 
I would think we have to bet vastly, like not like pretty different sizes if we make a full house versus if we make a flush. I agree we should probably fold if he bets river when a diamond comes, unless he bets super small. Like it was sizing that he could be like blocker betting with like a ten high flush. Like if he checks I do think we have to go for value with the Jack of Diamonds because I don't think he's just gonna check the nut flush. And I think he can have like ten nine diamonds that he check raise flop with or like queen ten with the ten of diamonds. And so I think we should probably bet just like small and hope he heroes. With King Jack, when we make a full house, I think we can go a little bit bigger. I think we just try to size like as big as we can that like he could still believe we would have a queen ten. Like I think we can bet fairly big and still have him like not fold because he thinks we might value a queen ten too. If you know what I mean, and I also or like a flush if he has a flush. Like so, what's pot going to be on river if we call like seven hundred plus six hundred? It's like thirteen hundred. I think we can bet like I think you bet like six hundred if you make a full house, and then yeah, like maybe like super small if you make maybe like three fifty if you make a flush. I, I the one other thing I would say is that like I think it's interesting to consider what to do when check two. Like if we should like I kind of don't think we have a ton of show in value, and like if check two on a brick, do you think like there's more value in trying to have some show in value or like trying to get him to fold queen ten? But like just ripping it. So I think I think part of this comes back to image, based on how I think I'm being perceived. I think it's a little bit more likely than the average player that I can get a value bet called on the river, and a little bit less likely that I can get this guy to fold queen ten. Um, so I'm probably not expecting to bluff at all when check two maybe on an ace is a card I'd represent. Okay, and yeah, I think an ace I might just jam. Because now he has enough to be scared of that I think just the knit just folds queen 10. I also agree that I'm not always getting value from black queen 10, or from like queen 10 no flush uh, when the fourth diamond comes in, which does hurt uh, my ability to get like make up that 5 to 10% equity that I need to get on the river somehow. That being said, I agree with Peter that like I'll be able to get 600 called enough on the when I make a full house and that I can probably just bet 200 when I make the fourth diamond and I think most players just flick it in with queen 10 even though they think it's gross uh even if you're knit like people just don't fold that very much and this guy I still even though he's a knit he's still like probably a pro and probably knows something you know knows that he doesn't have to be right that often so I feel pretty good about my ability to get enough value on the river. So I called. River was the king of hearts. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, river was a six. He bet 700. And I just felt like this was a really weak sizing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I folded. it. I think it's important to point out that, like, you might not remember, but six does pair the board. It runs out six six, which I don't really think matters too much. But I think it's interesting that, like, you should never have a full house here. But he could maybe have jacks full. I was very, I was kind of surprised he bet this river. I really didn't think he was going to bet. Like, <laughs> he's just such a net. But I guess he's like thinking enough to realize you know you don't have a full house. I would guess he had 
the nut flush, yeah. I think, like, yeah, that's what I guess. I mean, I don't really think there's too much to talk about in the river. I don't think there's enough left to, like, consider jamming as a bluff. And I don't think we should, I don't think we should hero. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, clear, clear as fold in, in the whole world, I think. All right, thank you guys for your input. Yeah.